Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life. My kid is an asshole. Love. Did I tell you about the girl? twice in a week. And the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me Turd. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. So you said something the other day that just like pissed me off. What? Said that I'm insane. Or I'm practicing insanity with my home buying tactics. You are insane. Why? Let's go into this. Okay. By definition, mm-hmm. repeating the same thing but expecting a different result is insanity. And you have been not doing the same thing at all. What the fuck are you talking about? You've been approaching home buying. The same exact way. How? How have I been approaching it the same exact way? Every single time. How? You're going after multiple, uh, you're going after a property that can expand into multiple units, mm-hmm. right? For, for, and I get it. That's smart, right? I'm not saying it's not smart, but you're going after property with multiple units. You're going after property in a certain area, right? In yeah, a certain you general make it, area. You make it sound as a desirable reason no i go for multiple property because that's what i could afford i go for certain areas because that's where i'm relegated to the prices yes but sometimes you have to change right have you been oh i I never asked you do you have you have a agent right yeah i just i have a new agent now you have a new agent okay so you've changed something yeah that's good so the new agent's the one that i was working with when we got the first acceptance and then they changed their mind Mm mm-hmm and uh, he's the agent that I worked with on getting, or I'm now the backup offer apparently, but the Long Beach house that I sent you where yep. I went in 30000 over asking price yep. and I didn't get it. And I thought that was crazy for what it was. But yeah. yeah. There's another house in that same neighborhood that I really liked after being in that neighborhood. So I'm going after that one and there's a new one in Compton that I'm going after too. Mm-hmm. But I have to go for a, a income generating property or else I'll... You can't afford it. I can't afford it in California. That. I get that. And maybe, you know what? And that's that's what I meant. It's like, I, I think you might not be doing this for the right reasons, right? Like, maybe you should wait. Oh, yeah. Maybe you should wait until you think about maybe marriage and then, you know, double income. Maybe you can afford more. I'm already accounting for her job. income. That's already... Oh, no. Yeah, but come on. No, that's that's... I say it in the sense of she said she should be moving here in November, which I don't know if I want to put the, all this on wax. Then I feel bad. But yeah, she's supposed to be here in November. It's happening. Yeah, November. November. Boom. You heard it here first. Okay. So, we have that. November. This is a target kind of like drop well, dead date for you. This, this, well, she's not renewing her lease. Uh-oh. So we'll see what happens. Sketch. Yeah. Just don't have a baby. <laughs> yeah. Pro- probably not. But I, I mean, the... The most promising lead she has right now is in Northridge. And I was like, I don't think you realize we'll still be in a long distance relationship. <laughs> that can happen in California. <laughs> like, even in Southern California. Right. I had one, yeah, through college. Um, I think it's, it, it. you have to change some part of your approach up in order for you to actually land something. Everything's changed, bro. I've gotten two new promotions. Mm-hmm. I've saved over 20,000. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, changed agents. I continually changed and evolved in this entire process. Yeah. You and think? St- and still nothing. Yes. I'm on the outside looking in. Again, to me, it doesn't seem like it. Maybe you should go to like single family. You Can't know? afford single family. Yeah. Even even with two incomes? Yeah. Because I'm having to qualify with my dad. Right yeah. Now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. 
Maybe it's, and here's where it, it, it was coming from a good place. Might not have sounded like that. Yeah. But this is also after going through the whole thing with Kansas City, putting in an offer, finding out that I can't qualify with 3%, I have to come down with 25%, and I was 5% short. So that's just the rule if you're doing a duplex. I found found a duplex out there for 125. Okay. Had to come in with 25 down. And the whole goal was like, okay, we'll flip it in two years, and you should be making at least 40,000 on it. I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it would require me to pull out, I want to say, a ten thousand dollar loan out of my retirement, Ooh. which technically yeah, would I, I would still be idea. I would still be breaking even off of what the rents would be paying. Mm-hmm. So it, you know the the rents would still be paying off that loan too, but I I just didn't think it was a good move. I could tell you that it's probably not a good move. And advice for all of our listeners: whenever you have to leverage debt against your retirement, probably not a good idea. It's too much uncertainty. You don't know. 100% if you could pay it back. There's mm. always a lot of uncertainty. I don't believe in my retirement plan. That's why sure. I took it and that was an investment property. Sure. I hear so you. That, that's a little caveat to that one. Now, if I'm... I hear you. There are different circumstances. Yeah. I get that. I get it. But at, at, the same, at the same time, you wouldn't want to jeopardize anything financially right. speaking with with when it comes to integrity and investment sure. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The housing market could collapse at the end of 2018 and we'd all be fucked. No, I'd be ready to go. I'd be so happy. Yeah, you would. Oh, right now <laughs> you would. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So that's another thing that I told you too, you know, wait. Yeah. Cuz right now you'd be you'd be buying at, a, at an incredibly high point. I would yeah. hate to see you go in, finally get it and you'd be like Upside down for a few years, but see, I, more than a few. Shit, I'm not. I'm, I'm not worried about, about being upside down because my whole thing is buy and hold. I'm not trying to buy and and level up. The leveling up I would do would be renting out that property. It's and still discouraging on. because you could always look at it like, fuck, I could have, I could have. Sure, yeah. You know, I bought this that, house for four hundred thousand, and this guy over here just bought the one across the street for ninety thousand. Yeah, or whatever. I could have put it into so much more and done mm-hmm. so. Yeah, you know, it it always comes down to that. I've been there. That's mm-hmm. why. So the the only reason I say that is, it's a very demoralizing. It makes you not want to do real estate ever again. <laughs> you know, it's like I, fuck. I I understand that sentiment. I've been feeling in that sentiment, but it still hasn't deterred me because I know the greater the greater goal or the the, the higher level the perspective yeah. is that my job is not going to provide me a retirement plan. Mm-hmm. Very true. And I've always looked at at getting uh, real estate as my retirement plan. Yep. Yep. I'm I'm kind of moving away from that and trying to reinvent the the passive income model in different regards with you know what I've been talking to you about. I'm not going to put that out here, but um, there's a lot of things that are that are kind of in the works for you know boosting that instead yeah. of just relying on one stream. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, mean, you I think look we're at, kind of proof of concept here with the podcast. Right? right. Well, you can you can look at real estate as one stream or yeah. each property is a stream of income in yep. itself. Yeah. And that's the mentality I have. But I think you're absolutely right where I can't just put all my marbles in real estate. Got to diversify. And I don't want to put all my marbles in real estate, but that's, I'm just trying to get in the game, man. That's the, in anything at the, at the moment. Yeah. That's the thing. That is what scares me when you say that. Oh, because then I'm making desperation moves. Yes, and, and don't. Yeah, that, you you already know how indecisive I am and how over. But I feel like analytical I am when I make decisions. Yes, but I feel like you've been waiting for this for so long. It's like the guy who gets laid the first time and doesn't care where <laughs> it comes from. It's like 
fuck it, sloppy 20. I, I don't care, you know. Her like, name was Brown Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> she said she loved me. It doesn't it it boils down to the fact that it boils down to the fact that you could potentially make a move that you would regret. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to see that happen. I get you. that. But the way I have it in my mind, because I, I think that all the time, because I'm I'm buying in a neighborhood, uh, even if I want to live in my parents' neighborhood, they bought their house for 88000 It's never going to be that cheap again. Yeah. And houses are going for close to 600000 and they have not even been touched since the yeah. original yeah. Uh, build. I, I know even if the market crashes, it'll always bring it back up. And that's where the idea of like buy and hold. Like, yes, I bought it at 400000 Yes, it dropped in value down to three hundred thousand, but I'm. It's only if I'm trying to sell it. I, I, I understand, but you have to realize that it's gonna be tough. Yeah, paying on something at a high point where you know it was a stretch for you to afford to begin with, mm-hmm. and looking back, it, you could have done something differently. Yeah, hindsight is never something to rely on. Sure, right. But the real estate market is cyclical. And right. knowing what we know, mm-hmm. there's there's a high and there's a low. There's going to be an ebb and a flow. Just right. wait. But, th- I mean, that's the same thing with anything. I hate overpaying for things. And that's and yeah, that's what me gets too. me up. Oh, God. It really bothers me with the, like, the price of, of housing in California. The other part of it, too, is that both my parents, and I think I've talked about this before, both my parents lost their job, I think, in the, in the early years of my life. And my dad's whole thing was we could have aff- afforded a bigger house but I wanted to buy something that we could afford to live in on just one income. And it came down to they only had one income for yeah. at a certain point in time. Yeah. And in my mentality is I want the same thing. Yes, yeah, so I'll be a two-income household, but I want to be able to live like we could survive off of one income. Yeah. And not saying like, oh, well, I'm making 250000 Like, no, no, no. I, I mean, like a legitimate one income. I, I don't know if that's reasonable in California. Now, I, don't, I don't know either. Yeah, I don't. I would probably lean toward no, it's not possible. Now, unless you're making bank, <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right. you got a sugar mama, is, sugar daddy, something like that. But Why I've switched up to LA County rather than Orange County, because yeah. LA County just passed that whole ordinance where any garage could turn into a dwelling. I forget the the, 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 the phrase or the um, the term. doesn't but, matter. But like since you have a two-car detached garage, you could actually turn this into like a one-bedroom studio. In L.A. County? In L.A. County. This is L.A. County. I know. That's why I just Sweet. told you. Sweet. Yeah. Now, mind you, we only have like a uh, five by put all three. This shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could go get a tough shed and put it on the other side of your yard. <laughs> I have to downsize on all this crap looking around. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. a lot of... I accumulate too much. I don't know about Arcadia, but I know like in the Long Beach area or East LA, you could probably sell this space for about a thousand a month. Fuck, that would help. I'm saying. But that, you know. And I got a gate. You have a gate. Would help. Private entrance. You have plenty of driveway space. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's my mentality and that's what I'm looking for when I'm going for these properties right now. I hear you. I I can I can level with that. That's why if you know, on and I buy another house. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't want to get rid of this. This is a, this is a good house. I, I know, you know. I told you that. And you were thinking about, yeah, well, we would have to sell it in order to move. In we would have to. Yeah. Just because we'd want to double our, double, double our cost on a house. We couldn't afford it. We wouldn't have the money down. You don't think so? Nope. It, it comes down to being realistic with your finances too. I wouldn't want to stretch. And even my dad said this, you don't want to stretch yourself too thin early on. Hmm. 
you know, and maybe he's right. Maybe is it early on, as in like in the buying process, or early no, on, early in, on in your family right. life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's another thing to consider. And here's what it kind of all distills down to: you have to take advice when you can get it, right? But you have to know what to make of that advice. In the end, you have to do what feels right for you, what makes sense for you. I'm an idealist. I want to go out. I want to buy another house right now, and I want to keep this house. Yeah. I called the loan company, and they're like, "Nah, not gonna happen." <laughs> what do you have in What do you have in liquid assets? I was like, eh, "Yeah, you're about five percent short. Not gonna happen. You're gonna have to sell that for five percent." Yeah, and I can't even get that from somewhere else. You know, like I can't because they the, they have to run the you know run the checks and all that. Where they look at your accounts and they see where the money's come from. And only two months passed. So if ass. you do it now, yeah. And then wait two months, then go for it. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah, I can. Right? But um Hey Dad, let me hold fifty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. I don't like asking for money. And when we mm-hmm. bought this house, we didn't. And we did it on our own and now, you know, we have something to show for it. But yeah. But I think thing, if you I, were I to ask for money now, the whole thing you mentioned what last year. If I it, know. if it's a it's a whole bit if you have a plan and you show how there's gonna be a return, you ask for the money now, this house you can rent out, probably make a profit off of. And then use that to pay for... That is a premise of what I do professionally. I justify things that shouldn't be justifiable, like spending you know millions of dollars on things to, to help productivity. Is that how you got a fountain pen? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're, only, they're only given to people of my, of my ilk. Here we are when you look at the grand scheme of things, trying to make adult decisions, mm-hmm. you know, in a world that... I feel doesn't yet view us as adults. Maybe we are. I don't know. I don't feel like a fucking adult, quite honestly. It's surreal. You know, we're talking about home buying and all these different things. I, I often think of like, you know, when that all happened, like when the fuck did this, when did we grow up all of a sudden, you know, was it sometime during this, you know, whole podcast progress or. I mean, I could see how the parallels of you and undergrad and you now, are are still there like you already had your house you were already kind of doing all these things that were yeah very adult ish but you had the cop out of like doing all the stupid shit you did too with god did a being lot of an undergrad now not to say that you don't do stupid shit as i look around your garage and see how much you spent on toys everything <laughs> um <laughs> with about 500 dollars <laughs> of legos over your shoulder <laughs> right I, don't tell my wife <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's the fact that adulthood has changed in the sense of we redefine what it looks like to be adults. Because I feel like my parents were not as childlike as I am. But you can't remember that. I, I think the same thing. I was like, were my parents just fucking stupid when we were kids? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you might be right. It might have just been a product of their environment, too. I feel right. like society in whole, as a whole has gotten a lot more childish. Yeah. So it doesn't really... It's the regression because of social media, because of access, because there's so much. Well, maybe it was because there was only so much knowledge available that you got to the pinnacle of like what you thought you knew. And now you realize how much access we have and how much there really the is to know. Yeah. It's like maybe we'll never be the mastery of of knowledge or whatever and it keeps us in that jovial state jovial youthful yeah 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 i get it maybe 
I, I don't know, but I still look at it like, wow, this is this is real. Like, I have two kids. I have to worry about now, you know, upsizing my house because it's just ridiculous where we're at right now. I don't know. There, there's a lot of responsibility coming to to converging in my life right okay. now. It's, I have, it's I have fucked a question. Up. question. Why, why up? You have a large lot that you live on. Why not expand the house opposed to trying to go and buy a new one? Yeah, I could double the property. Not double, but I could probably square footage anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in terms of cost, I could probably go up a couple hundred grand um, minimum. You know, if I but I like my yard. I you I would think, still. I mean, you would just lose your patio. You would still have a I sizable like patio. Lot. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, we bought the house for you know, many reasons. One of the reasons I like it is that I could look out and I have space for my kids to play and space to just, you know, mm-hmm. get out. I might not have that inside and I might need that inside, right? Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I don't want to get rid of this house too, because it has a lot of potential. Either way, we've grown up. These are decisions I have to now, I have to make, yeah. right? Growing up is a part of that process. Growing up is a part of your your whole you know, you went from being completely immature to the home buying process to now you're fucking, what, 70 offers in? <laughs> no, I think only like 34. 34. Still, you've learned a lot, right? And that's the thing with growing up. It comes with experience and knowing things that we yeah. didn't know before. But it also comes with getting exposure to things that we never had before. And I think that's what defines growing up, that exposure, the access to new experiences that you wouldn't have before because – one, you might not have cared about them, and B, see what I did there? You weren't paying attention. <laughs> I, I heard it after you one and B. it <laughs> um, One, we might not have cared about them, and two, we really might not have even been able to afford them. You know, what do you mean? Not monetarily, not. but uh, still can't maturity, <laughs> maturity wise. I've been trying to buy a house since I was 18 years old. Yeah, I remember even after I graduated, I went like that. Some of the new house builds uh, in my area, in my city at the time, it was still, re- you know, relatively rough area. And they wanted $500,000 for these. Um, it was like a three story where the first floor is like your, dr- your, your garage and then living and then bedrooms. Oh, yeah. The, the vertical build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was like, okay, all right. Well, maybe if I make sixty thousand, I could afford this note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ended that dream real quick. But it wasn't until like the last two years where I really made um, changes and made some cuts to my spending and you know priorities really to put me in a position that I am today, where I still can't buy a house. <laughs> but that's experience. Yeah, and that is in essence a part of growing up. And that's what you have to, you have to really scale up, I think, at this point in our 30s. And we're no, in, in no means approaching the midpoint. You just had a birthday, right? Yeah. We're getting closer to that midpoint. And I think that's, that's at that point where we have to kind of scale it up, scale up our growth. Everybody I talk to who's now approaching their 40s is looking at their 30s as if they were old. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, I feel so old now. And I thought I was old at 30. Fuck, if I had known that I would feel like this at 40, I would have done my 30s completely differently. That's weird. Talk to several people that are now on the fringe of like 38, 39. And they're looking back and they're saying, wow, my 30s were like 
you know, I felt old. I thought that was old, but now I'm not. One of actually, one of my fraternity brothers, uh, Gabriel, he listens to the show. I didn't even know he listens to the show as as uh, as loyal of a listener as he is. I had oh, no clue. Thanks, Gabe. And uh, yeah, Gabe told me. Uh, yeah, he was one of the people, and I've heard it from a couple more people. So I, I don't. I haven't had that experience at all. And for most people, maybe in not my yet. life. Right. And you know, I think it. You know, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. But I think part of it goes into the idea of like I still feel really young, and yeah. I and not in the immature sense. I just feel real young still. And that could be because I don't have kids and I'm not exerting a bunch of energy sure. and then trying to match up my energy to theirs and realizing, oh, no, I have no energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I I am looking forward to, you know, going through this decade and then hitting 40s uh, and re- really settling in. But, no, I have not. I can't say that I've met anybody that's like, oh, I'm 40, I'm old, or it's over for me. You have a couple. Are you Actually, someone at your birthday party remarked. Uh, who was it? Who's growing? Who who's in their late thirties uh, in your inner circle? Arnold. Arnold. Pushing. Arnold. Yeah. Arnold's Arnold mentioned it. Arnold actually, I I overheard. I actually, I think when I was talking to Arnold, he mentioned something along those lines. No, he doesn't have that kind of perspective, though. I mean, he might have just did it for the conversational. He sake. might have just did it, yeah, for the conversational, just to kind of like throw a funny out there. Or that, whatnot, yeah, that yeah. dude still can three sixty dunk for for <laughs> no reason at all. But I remember this coming up, and I was like, hmm, this has been a common theme because I think that night I was I was talking to Gabe via text, and it came up again, and I was like, wow, this is weird. Like two in mm. one day, you know, it's it, it had to click somehow for me, and that's where I think it clicked. But before that, like a couple weeks before, and then when I was on the Life of Dad podcast, heard it again, like very interesting perspectives from 40-year-olds thinking that, you know, their 30s was just kind of like a jumble of mixed emotions and feelings toward what being 30 really meant. Mm. And this, I, I feel like this gives us a whole new perspective to kind of talk it out and, and focus on the different things that involve growing up and coming into our own. Yeah. I think we got ahead of the curve, though. With, with trying to be more, not just present, but really dissect our experience and make sure we're making uh, purposeful moves. Uh, I think that, that really changes uh, your experience in your 30s. If you're just letting life happen to you, then yeah, you're going to feel like, oh, I was just kind of reacting and I dealt with things best I knew how. Um, not to say that doesn't happen, but I think for us specifically... Yeah, I think it's going to be very different going into our 40s. Because we've been so analytical about our 30s? Well, not just analytical. I think just our experience in general. Because people that are pushing 40 now are also part of a different generation. Very true. You know, and I I think we are at the forefront of the millennial generation. And so the 30s, I think, are different for our generation. And I think the 40s will continue to be different for us as well. Yeah. I think you're right. And I think we just affirm the fact that talk 40 to me is going to happen. And we should probably. I already own the URL. (laughs) You're one step ahead of me. (laughs) Now on to the trademarks. (laughs) Bitch won't get us there. Anyway, (laughs) I think for most people that are on the verge of turning 30, it might feel a little scary. And I think Mm -hmm. what we've done might actually give good pause to that sure for most people i think getting an a perspective that's not their own would help alleviate the the anxiety that comes with that new that new 
Uh, new territory, new experience. Yeah, that new stage. New yeah, stage. exactly. I think the analytical side of what we're doing is 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 good. Not to toot our own horn or say that we're doing, you know, phenomenal things. You know, hell, we we haven't even we haven't even gotten to the no. real meat and potatoes part yeah, of what it means it, to be thirty. It's a very but, common aspect of people in our generation to be self assessed to self-assess where they are, what they're doing, how they're doing it. So I don't think we're alone or pioneers in this. No. I think we just kind of put it out there for the world to kind of hear. And as we work through it, you know, that 2018 funk is real. But yeah, I think that's that's a very common trait of our generation. Yeah. I think millennials have a good grasp of what they want. They just don't know how to get there yet. And I think that talking it out, living it, Understanding it, learning from it is critical, especially for those getting into their 30s and especially for those in their 30s that are kind of struggling through Mm -hmm. their 30s. It's very important to learn from what you've done, how you've done it, and not to repeat the same mistakes to go back to our original theme, insanity. (laughs) Don't be insane, right? But be explicit in everything you do. And be wise when you do it. And know that every outcome might not necessarily play out the way that you want it to. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I'll, I'll let you know how I feel about that after I'm through the fog. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, Randy, where can the people find you? You can find me anywhere and everywhere at I am Randy Z and Turg. You can find me at Turg Says No on Instagram and Twitter. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in. We hope 2018 hasn't been as bad as it has been for us. For, uh, we yeah. hope. No, no, no. We're leaving. That's exactly how we're leaving it. <laughs> yeah, they know what you're trying to say. But that's exactly how 2018 has oh, been. Oh, shit. Shit. Thank you for subscribing to another episode of Talk 30 to Me. We hope you enjoy it and continue to share it with friends. Make sure to stop by our website at talk30to.me.com for more content and information about the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. And if you really like what you hear, make sure to leave us an awesome five-star review. For Talk 30 to Me, I'm Turg. And I'm Randy Z. Peace. <laughs> and if you want to thank Jesus, hit that donate button. fucking live you never went to high school did they give you your diploma uh, double I, check yeah i don't know maybe you might not have actually graduated i think it's gonna certificate of completion <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
he didn't even graduate high school. Oh man. Alright. Alright, so you said something the other day that just like pissed me off. What? What did you want to talk about? I don't know. It just felt cool. Oh, okay. Chill.